Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. perfect partnership. Rosemary and Vera Ellen as the sisters who have them in a spin. With Dean Jagger as the unemployed general they take under their wing. Apparently there's still quite a bit about show business I don't understand. Oh, it'll come to you, sir. Just takes time. We wouldn't be any good as generals. You weren't any good as privates. A wonderful story that will warm your hearts, just as the breathtaking scope of a new screen wonder will widen your eyes. White Christmas in Vista Vision. guys welcome to the uh finale of the 12 days of christmas movies i'm your host jimbo and i have a special co-host in studio this morning it is none other than the famous art toast 
which is also known as my dad. Um, he's been wanting to come back on the podcast, so I finally broke down and gave him his Christmas gift early, told him to come on in. Uh, today we'll be discussing the movie White Christmas. I know this was a movie that Terrence probably wouldn't get around to seeing uh, due to lack of time and probably interest, uh, but it is considered one of the greatest movies of all time, so I thought I'd call in somebody older than me to discuss this, and he wasn't even born yet when this was released, so Pops, take it away. Actually, I'm back by popular demand. Actually, how old are you first? Let's see. I'm 63. Okay, so he's 22 years older than me. No, 21. 21 years older than me. So he's got a different viewpoint than me and Terrence, I'm sure. So we'll get into this movie and we'll discuss it. (laughs) Take it away. Okay. White Christmas, release date, November 15th, 1954. I was born in 56. And so the opening weekend in USA was $566,045 with inflation. It's 5.4 uh, million estimate. Gross U.S. Have <laughs> Jimbo's over here cracking up, and I don't know why. <laughs> because I'm just thinking we, he's getting to the point where he's going to say synopsis. <laughs> he's Practicing uh, and practicing, and he I'm, hasn't got it yet. So, I'm, uh, so we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> oh, my apologies to Terrence. He's going to do you justice, Terrence. Uh, gross USA, 928298 Estimate is um, $8.8 million in today's inflation. Wide world gross, $1,097,000. Today, with inflation, uh, $10.5 million. Directed by Michael Cortez. Writing uh, credits, Norman uh, Krishna, written for the screen, and by Norma Panama and uh, Melvin Frank. Technical specs. Specs. Oh, boy. Here we go. So you, t- you t- thought Terrence had it easy. Well, he's done this a lot more now. <laughs> Run time, two hours, 120 minutes, for those of you that can figure that up. Sound mix, mono, Western Electric Recording, uh, stereo optional prints. Uh, the color, it was color. That sound mix, mono, Western Electric Recording, uh, stereo optional prints. Um, aspect ratio... 1.66 to 1, intended ratio, and then 1.85 to 1, uh, 2.35 to 1, anamorphic prints. It's a 1961 re-release. Camera was William Fox. Uh, natural color cameras modified for VistaVision. Laboratory, uh, Technicolor, Hollywood, California, USA Color, a uh, film length, uh, three thousand two hundred seventy-five uh, millimeters in Sweden, and three thousand two hundred ninety-two millimeters <laughs> the Netherlands. Are you still it, laughing? It's not millimeters. It's what meters? Meters. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you ought to write it down when I read this stuff. You should do your own research, Terrence. <laughs> Well, tell you, I've, I've never seen this movie. I'm kidding. Um, negative format, 35 millimeter, and cinematographic process, Vista Vision, as Paramount proudly presents the first picture in Vista Vision. 
printed format, 35 millimeter. Uh, the awards, the Academy Awards USA, 1955. It was a nominee for Oscar for the best music original song, Irving Berlin's uh, Count Your Blessings instead of Sheep. You see, it won an award for that instead of White Christmas. Did, does it actually did it actually win the award? Yeah, well, no, I mean, but it's, it was it's nominated. But it was nominated. Right, but I'm just right. saying, White Christmas wasn't even nominated. Right, you would think, but uh, the synopsis: <laughs> a song and dance group falls for each other and teams up to save the Vermont Inn, which you, is you got through it pretty good. Which is ran by their former general. The cast: Bing Crosby as Bob Wallace, Danny Kaye as Phil Davis. Rosemary Clooney as Betty Haynes, Vera Ellen as Judy Haynes, Dean Jagger, uh, no relation to Mick, as Major General Tom Waverly. Or the, or the restaurant. <laughs> Jaggers. Uh, Mary Wicks as Emma Allen, Johnny Grant as Ed uh, Harrison, John Braska as Johnny, it's Judy Haynes' dance partner, and Whitfield as Susan Waverly. Piercy Hilton as the train conductor, Stanford Jolly as the uh, railroad station master, uh, Barry Chase as Doris Lenz, and George uh, Kirkless as Betty Haynes' background dancer, Seg Rubin as landlord, and Gra- uh, Grady Sutton as general's guest, and Herb uh, Virgren as Naravo, and Leighton Noble as band leader. Which is uncredited, eat your heart out, Terrence. <laughs> so there you have it. Um, this movie is um, obviously considered... Are you all right? I'm fine. <laughs> this is considered one of the greatest movies of all time. One of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. And uh, this is also on the top 100 movies you must see uh, list. Um, so I forced myself to sit down and watch this one because I've heard so many things. I've seen bits and pieces of it throughout the years. Yes, do you need something? As a podcast listener, I would be interested when you do these top 100, the list is what number they actually fall at in the top 100. Or do they rank them like that? um, Yeah, they do. I mean, but it depends on which list you use. I don't know about you podcasters. I'd like to know where they rank But you can go, you can, I usually use the AFI top 100. There's many charts you can go by. You could go by Christmas movies. You could go by movies in general. You could go by Bing Crosby movies. You could go by anything you want. I just want the top 100 movies in general. Well, you know what? If, if, if you would learn how to operate a computer and a smartphone, <laughs> the greatest generation ever to live in doesn't even know how to message me on his phone. So so this movie was, uh, at the beginning of the movie, this is the uh, first film released in Paramount's widescreen process, The Vista Vision. Which you can tell the colors and all that, and the dancing routines and all that. <laughs> Quit making faces at me. Uh, or is that just your face? Uh, this premiered at the famed Radio City Music Hall in New York City. Uh, Bing Crosby and Rosemary Clooney both died at the same age, 74. So let's talk a little bit about this movie, the beginning, they're in the army. They're, it's Christmas time. And I guess their general's leaving, and they're getting a new general. And uh, they're putting on this performance for him, and the general comes in, and is like, "What's all these people standing around?" You know, and they're they're trying to get rid of the general, and they're like, "Oh well, he's over yonder." So they they send him the long way around to wherever he's going, so they could still do the surprise. They for told the him general to take, the, take him the shortcut, right? But it was actually the long way around. Yeah. So because they wanted to do this special program for the general that all the guys loved, 
Um, so you get up there, Bing Crosby does his famous White Christmas song. Um, is that the only time it's performed in the movie? Or does they sing it at the very end, end don't yeah. they? Uh-huh. So uh, here you have um, where uh, Bob Wallace and Danny, uh, there's something where he has saved him from getting crushed and he has hurt his arm, and he uses that thing the entire time to get Bing Crosby to do what he wants. So, to me, I think Danny was hilarious. I think he stole the show from Bing Crosby in this movie. Would you agree? You know, probably, but that was his part. Right, I know, but it was really well done. Uh, so, after they get out of the army, they decide to take this act onto the road, travel around. And uh, so, they're, they're going around different places or whatever. And then, also, you come across uh, Betty and Judy, which is a dance act. So, you have a singing act, which is the boys, and the dance act, which is the girls. And they go to this, um, I guess you would call it a lounge, uh, for lack of better words. And uh, the girls are uh, backstage, and they're like, "Look, you know, uh, we don't have our rent, whatever he was." They were saying, and uh, the guy's like, "Well, we're not going to pay you, or whatever." And so they're, they're like, we got to get out of here. And so uh, <laughs> Danny's like, "Well, where are you going?" He's like, "Well, we're supposed to be up in Vermont at this inn, you know, we're, that's where we're heading." And and being and him, we're heading somewhere else. They were heading where to New York City, to I New think. York. Yeah. So <laughs> Danny's like, "Well." Uh, Hey, we got this train ticket. <laughs> you know, you can have our tickets because we were going to cut through Vermont or whatever. You can just have our tickets, and you know, so they help them sneak out the window to get away. And this, I think, coming up is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Is when Bing Crosby and uh, Danny, I can't think of his real name, they dress up like the girls and they do that sisters. Yeah, they's buying them time to get away right. before the police arrested them. But uh, where is my? Uh, let me see if I find it. I thought I had it. Oh, okay. So the scene that they did, the sisters, it was unscripted. They were just goofing around on the set one day, uh, them two. And uh, the Crosby's laugh are genuine and, and unscripted as he was able to hold a straight face due to Kay's comedic dancing. Cooney also said the filmmakers had a better take where Crosby didn't laugh, but when they ran them both, people liked the laughing version better. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. I, I thought I, I was cracking up. Uh, and you could tell they were having fun on that. So they get to the train. Uh, they, 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 they lost their tickets. Remember, he's like, well, they're here somewhere. You know, <laughs> he can't find them. So, but he doesn't know that. He's like, well, let's just go to There'll be snow. You know? <laughs> That's his thing. There'll be snow. And so he's like, whatever. So they get on the train and the girls are in their uh, compartment. So they all, bo- all decide to go to the lunch cart or whatever. And they're all sitting at the table. Because he had gave them their tickets right. on the train. And then uh, they had to sleep in the, the lunch cart or lunch whatever. Lunch cart, yeah. <laughs> so they're all sitting there and they sing a song called Snow. Which if you've ever seen it, it gets pretty annoying real quick. But, you know, it's it's it, it's all right. And I like how he takes his napkin or whatever and he does a little... <laughs> the little sled, <laughs> Danny does a little sled thing down through the... So they finally get to Vermont. And the Vermont Inn, because that's where the girls were scheduled to perform next, they have scheduled them to perform uh, their dance routine at this inn. And they get there, and they go in, and the lady the lady behind the counter is like, look, like we can give you half your salary, uh, but there's no way. We're, it's not snowing outside. We're not busy. There's nobody here. And uh, so they're like, well, you know, we'll just – do our performance order. Well, the next thing you see is the general walk in. It's the general from the beginning of the movie. And this sets Bing Crosby and Danny, like, you know, saluting and all that. So they decide 
hey, you know, we'll stay here a couple days, whatever, um, see if I can get some people up here. So you, you got anything to add at the moment? No, you're doing all right. All right, well, go ahead and take, take about, it away from right here. They're about to they're about to lose their the end. That's what he retired to, and he got this deal on this end. And of course, they count on snow to drag uh, bring people in there, not drag them in there, but <laughs> bring them in there to to the lodge because of skiing and all this here. They've redone the whole end to to accommodate for big show routines and things like that. Um, just to cut, touch on a few things that Jimbo missed out on, perhaps. Uh, this guy he keeps calling uh, Danny is Phil Davis in the movie. His name's Danny Kay, and he's a very famous uh, dancer of the time. Uh, but he's hilarious in this movie. Yeah, he, he's good. When There's another dancer that... Um, uh, that was popular back then. It's uh, Donald O'Connor, but Danny Kaye was always better than that. Of course, back in the day, you had Fred Astaire. And so uh, he does do a great job in this here. And so now they're there. Uh, they decide they're going to stay, and they're going to go ahead and do a show, people or no people, and they, so they work together. Because they want to do it for the general. They're doing it for the general uh, that they admired throughout their career in the in the service. And uh, so they start making some plans to bring some people uh, up to the end to, to help save the, 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 the Vermont Inn and to help the general out. Now, so, but this is where uh, that, that lady, I can't remember her name. What's the name of the lady that's like the, the innkeeper secretary or, or yeah. front person? She, she is awfully uh, nosy, if you will, because she always gets on the phone calls and listens. Well, Bing Crosby gets the idea that hey, I'm going to call. I got to go to New York anyway. I'm going to be on like the Ed Sullivan show. It's not Ed Sullivan, but that's what it was portraying. And uh, that uh, I can get on here. It's like uh, the general always watches this show, so you got to keep him away from the TV so he doesn't see this. Um, but, but when she overhears him on the phone, he's like, "Well, how much would you like to uh, give for this?" Um, you know. So this lady overhears him uh, on the phone, and she only catches a part before she gets mad and hangs up about the guys offering, hey, we'll give you a lot of money. You know, it'll be good for the general. We come up here and do a story about how downtrodden this once great general is now, you know, on the brink of losing everything. And she hangs up on that. And uh, he's like, no, I don't want to do that. He's like, I'm going to do it free. I just want to get on there and void the boys out here, you know, give the general one last hurrah. Uh, so she goes and she starts telling uh, – Betty and Judy. Well, she tells Judy, I think, or Betty, and uh, because Betty's kind of started to fall for old Bing Crosby, and because the whole time, the whole time, Danny and Judy are trying to set him up. <laughs> you see the whole movie. So uh, when she tells Judy this, or Betty this, uh, or when Betty finds out about this, she gets mad, and uh, she's like, "I don't want anything to do with him." Blah blah blah. So now. Danny and Judy is like, what are we going to do? So he's like, well, we're going to have to fake fake an engagement. engagement. Which is so funny. He's like, where am I going to find a girl? <laughs> yeah. She um, she thinks that the reason she won't fall in love with Bing and all this here because she's their sisters and she said she won't do nothing and as long as I'm single to hold her back and all this. And so they, they stage this uh, – fake engagement if you want to call it it's that so and then if if uh danny k can find a man for her to set this up with <laughs> yeah 
so uh, and she's like crawling all over. I know one person. <laughs> he's just like backing up. Well, who? Well, he's like I guess if it's just pretend. But I think he kind of likes her. And you find that out in the end too. So, uh, so now uh, <laughs> Danny. He's like, you can't let the general watch his show because he's like set. He's like, I got to go watch his show. Uh, he's like trying to get to the TV. And they're like, well, and they hear somebody screaming. It's Danny out there. He's fake that he's hurt his leg. He's like, oh, oh, it hurts. He's like, carry me back to wherever. And he's like, oh, just put some weight. Oh, I can't. He's like, maybe you just want me around the barn. I was like, what, what are you want? He want to take him in there to watch the, the show yeah. with him on He's like, well, you're the there. We'll carry, I'll carry you in here. He's like, no, no, I just need to walk on it, you know, a little bit. So, uh, Bing Crosby gets on the air and he says, you know, it does a spill. The general doesn't see it. And um, all these people start, you see them just start making their travel plans, you know, hugging each other like the Army people that haven't seen each other in a long time, probably since their days in the Army uh, or Navy or wherever they were, Marines, whatever. I think it was the Army, though. Uh, He's only watched it once. Yeah, once was enough. (laughs) No, it's a good movie. But... uh, so you see them all, uh, and uh, the general, uh, he's like, well, I can't I can't go down there. I don't have – where's all my suits? Because they took all his suits to hit them from him. Uh, so he, the only thing he had left was his outfit from the Army, his, his uh, guard colors or whatever, suit. So with all his medals and everything. So he tells his granddaughter, uh, well, I just won't go down there, whatever, to see it. And uh, – so he comes out. He's like, "Well, I couldn't let you go without this. I put this suit on. Let's go." And she grabs his hand, and they go in there. And he goes in there, and he sits down. And the next thing you hear is like the bugle playing. And here comes all the army guys, and they're the one guy's like, "See, it doesn't fit. It's shrunk." <laughs> he's like, "I don't think it's shrunk. You ain't too much." <laughs> so they all come down, and they all march down there, and you just see the general light up with excitement. And um, they get up there, and uh, they said the uh, crew is ready for inspection. And he gets up there and he just starts yelling at him like he used to do. And um, then uh, he's like, and I, you, you guys are the, the greatest thing I've ever seen or whatever. You know, it was a really touching moment. Uh, so he goes and sits back down and then Bing Crosby and <laughs> Danny start another dance routine. You, you, you look like you want to add something. No, I'm just listening to see if you do know what you're talking about. But go ahead. Do I know what I'm talking yeah, about? you're somewhere? doing okay. All okay, right. for a rookie. <laughs> so... Uh, but by this time, Judy left. She's like, I don't want – or not Judy. Uh, Betty left. She's like, I don't want to – she found out from that that he was going to get that money for that. But when she sees him on TV, she's like – he's like, we don't want anything – no money coming to us. It's all going for the general. We don't want any fees or whatever. And this – she's like, oh, well, he is the man that I thought he was and not what I heard. So uh, she left the party. She, she left a note saying, hey, I'm, I, you told us now that you're getting engaged to Danny, you know, I'm, I was holding you back. I've taken a job in New York City. Um, and in be- before this happens, she actually uh, is at a nightclub and Bing Crosby goes Caesar. And he's like, look, you know, I didn't want any of this. You know, she's like, or, I didn't want any of this promoted stuff. I didn't want any money. He's like, I don't understand how we can't get how it was back the night before or whatever. That's all he wanted to do because they, they had kissed. And he thought it was something that went wrong because he doesn't understand why she's all of a sudden and got she a doesn't cold know at that point when he sees her that he's – because he hasn't done the broadcast yet. Right. Later on, she's in her dressing room, and they are watching the broadcast. And that's when she really finds out that uh, – uh, she has uh, had wrong. the wrong impression of him. Ladies, take uh, a good look at that there. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so so then she's like, oh, so uh, 
what what Bing Crosby doesn't realize um, is she does come back, and they don't tell him she's coming back. So when they come out to do this dance routine, he thinks it's going to be somebody else, the four of them, but it's actually her. And and you just see him light up, and you know they do that dance song and dance routine. And then you know uh, she sticks that special present in his Santa sack. It says to Bob from uh, Betty or whatever. And do you remember what it was that was in the package? Because they start singing, and he goes around behind the Christmas tree, and he opens it up because he was passing them out to kids, and he opens it up. And do you remember what it was? Yeah, it was a, a guy on the steed. Right. Yeah. And do you know why? Yeah, because he said earlier, or she did, one of them about uh, being the, the, the a knight on the steed or what. Right. So then... Um, by this time you start seeing snowfall and uh, they uh, they must have been in a barn or something because they open up those doors and you see the snow in the background yep they see it snowing from the backstage but then when they get into the finale of the program the whole back they open up the whole back door and then everybody can see it uh, the snow falling right but the snow they used was actually asbestos (laughs) It wasn't snow. It was asbestos. Now we know how they all died. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's probably a, uh, a thing. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit. So it ends on a happy note. Ta-da. We've done it. Um, there's a myth persists that all of uh, Vera Ellen's costumes, down to her robe and sleepwear, were designed to cover her neck, which had been damaged due to anorexia. You know I didn't know that. No. I, know. I didn't either. Um the Vermont Inn is the remodeled Connecticut Inn set from Bing Crosby's. Uh, the set that was uh, from Bing Crosby's earlier movie, Holiday Inn. And White Christmas, the recycled hotel set is very gray and appears not to have been repainted in new colors. Since Holiday Inn was a black and white film, the sets were probably originally painted in grayscale as color palette schemes would have been a waste of resources in 1942. There's also a myth that they say that this is a remake of Holiday Inn. Uh, there's differences in the movies. Um, Yes, they fall for that's where they fall for the the same woman twice. Whatever, <laughs> it's it's pretty comical too. So this I thought was very interesting. Even though having a title like White Christmas, there has never been an official soundtrack to this movie because uh, Decca controlled the soundtrack rights, but Rosemary Clooney was under exclusive contract to Columbia, who would not allow her to appear on a competing label. As a result, Decca and Columbia each released their own White Christmas albums in 1954, although neither is an official soundtrack. Decca's album featured the movie cast minus Rosemary Clooney, with Peggy Lee taking uh, over Clooney's part and singing her songs via overdubbing a new technology in 1954. Columbia album had Rosemary Clooney sing eight songs from the film, including the song Sisters, which Clooney recorded with her real-life sister, Betty Clooney. Both albums have been issued on CD in recent years. What do you think of that? Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. I just watch movies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, oh, I bet you didn't know this. Do you remember the photo that Vera Ellen shows to Bing Crosby and Denny Kay of her brother Benny? Do you know who it is? No. It is actually Carl Switzer, known for his role in Our Gang. It's Alfalfa. No. <laughs> uh he also uh, appeared in another classic Christmas film. Do you know what? What? It's a Wonderful Life. As Donna Reed's suitor, who opens up the gym floor during the high school dance, sending everyone falling into the swimming pool underneath. So, there you have it. Uh, on the DVD, 
content. Rosemary Clooney revealed that, number one, she took the role mostly so that she could perform with Bing Crosby. I mean, who wouldn't? Two, Danny Kaye caused many retakes with his antics made everyone laugh when they weren't supposed to. <laughs> I was just cracking up. And it's an older movie, and he's funny. Uh, number three, she considered Love, You Didn't Do Me Right or right By Me as her song since it was her only solo. Four, after the final shot, they were informed that they would be redoing the finale because the king and queen of Greece would be visiting the set as the producer wanted to give them something to remember. They reshot the sequence with no film in the camera and without Bing Crosby, who had skipped out to play golf. <laughs> and later years after she had been, uh, they recorded several albums together, so I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, there are three films to feature the song of uh, Bing Crosby singing uh, White Christmas. Do you know what they are? Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn. White Christmas. And other movie, I don't know. It's called Blue Skies from 1946. Never heard of it. <laughs> uh, Judy was shorter than Betty uh, uh, for their, for, in height. So for their song numbers, um, Judy's hills were higher. I don't know why they always made a big deal about that, about people being short. Like uh, uh, Magnificent Seven, Yul Brynner, and, uh, who was Charlton Heston, was always trying to one-up each other, standing on the bigger piles of dirt and everything. <laughs> Uh, when the general goes outside to see the snow at the end of the movie, you know, mm-hmm. all the cars are gone. Where'd all the cars go? I was like, all the people, they had to be there somewhere. Uh, Percy Helton, who plays the railroad conductor, also appears in another holiday movie. Do you know what that is? What is that? It is, uh, he plays the drunk Santa Claus at the beginning of Miracle on 34th Street oh. in 1947. Uh, sh- Let's see. Uh, the hotel manager pursuing the Haynes sisters is Sig Ruman, who portrays Sergeant Johann Schultz in Stalag 17. Have you seen that? 1953? Nope. No. Only Schultz I know is on Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> That's the only Stalag I know, too. <laughs> that was the Stalag 13. Uh, by the way, this was the only uh, one of two musicals released in 1954 that featured songs by Irving Berlin that uh, had been introduced in other musicals. The other was There's No Business Like Show Business in 1954. Did you know that? I think you do because I told you that. You told me that. <laughs> um, let's see here. This was the most successful film in 1954. The second most successful was The Cane Mutiny from 1954, which featured Rosemary Clooney's husband, Jose Ferrer. Uh, one of the dancers accompanying Rosemary Clooney is George Chakras. He went on to earn the Academy Award for Best Actor and Supporting Role as Bernardo in... West Side Story in 1961. Uh, the train scenes were shot at 20th Century Fox because the studio had a train set on the set. Had a train set on the set? On the set. A train set. A train set on the set. Are you talking a train set? <laughs> talking a or a train actual set. train. You got a train set that you runs got a train around a train? set. Good grief. <laughs> And the only have a standing train set. Does that make it any better, or does that just mean a train set on legs? <laughs> no, that's what you were thinking. Uh, I, 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 I'm more like my mom. <laughs> just like me. Yeah, that's terrible. And uh, one of the last interesting facts before we talk about our opinions is cast members Bing Crosby and Rosemary Clooney both have descendants in the Star Trek series. Bing's granddaughter, Denise Crosby, appeared in Star Trek The Next Generation in 1987, and Clooney's son, Miguel Ferrer, appeared in Star Trek III The Search for Spock in 1984. So, our toast, <laughs> take it away, tell us your opinions on this movie. 
Well, first of all, um, let's go back to the song "White Christmas." Did you? Uh, it's the Guinness's World Book of Records, I believe, says something about it being the most recorded or most popular uh, song ever, a Christmas song. Um, most people that I've talked to, older people, <laughs> older than you, well. <laughs> People older than Terrence, anyhow. He, uh, you ask them what their favorite Christmas song is, and it'd be one of these two songs in general: be "White Christmas" or the great song by Nat King Cole, "The Christmas Song," or "Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire," <laughs> Terrence. <laughs> and so it's it's uh, it's not uh, it's none of these new people, but people think back of these songs here, and it stands out. And so, uh, what was your question now? Just, what was your opinion on the... Um, uh, my opinion on the show? Yeah. I think it's in the top 100 must-see movies. Um, Is it on the 1,001 movies you must see before you die? Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good movie. Uh, the color in it is fantastic, I believe. Well, I don't think it really shows until the end scene where they're uh, in the Christmas costumes. I think it really stands out. Yeah, that. yeah, that really stands out. The final, the finale of it, uh, the the colors are just so vibrant and bright. The acting is good. Uh, again, uh, Danny Kaye sort of steals the show with his his uh, humor in that. Um, the songs are great. Um, the dancing of that of that time was well done, and uh, I think it's a at least given a good view once. You may get a little bit bored and so, if you're not into the dance routines, but you got to remember and when the movie was shot, these were the things that were popular back in the day, and um, it, it's very good. I thought uh, uh, Bing Crosby is a, one of the great singers of all time. And uh, he's got such a smooth, mellow voice. He used to have a back, all oh, back in the 60s, I believe. I wasn't born yet. <laughs> <laughs> they used to do a Christmas special on television every year. And one of the songs that they did, uh, they did which I was talking to my sister, my older sister Peggy, uh, just a, a, a few weeks ago, what's her favorite Christmas song? And she said it was a song. It was done on the, the program. You can pull, Google it. And it's done by Bing Crosby and David Bowie, the little drummer boy. And you, yeah, I mean, you see. I know, I've you, seen you, it. Yeah, you see, yeah it's, it's a great, they do a great job together on that. But uh, the two different, totally different people. <laughs> you and, didn't think uh, they would come together no, like that no, and do but, it. No, uh, it, was, it was really well done. And so, yes, I think it's a... a Terrence, at least a, a two-watcher for you, so you can get into it a little bit more. <laughs> All right. What do you think, Jimbo? Well, this is, like I said earlier, this is my first time actually sitting down and watching the whole thing through. I watched, uh, you know, you see the famous things like the end scene where they're all standing there. I've seen him singing at the Army. Um, you know, and I and I like those older movies that have the little dance routines. I, uh, it comes to mind a lot of Shirley Temple movies where she's dancing down the staircase. Or, uh, they always have that one scene. Or even Fred Astaire, Singing in the Rain. Uh, different movies like that, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, um, Oklahoma, you know, all those musicals. They always have some sort of fa- uh, high step and dance routine or whatever. Um, and I'm sitting there, I'm watching, there's a scene where I believe it's Judy and Danny dancing. I know it's Judy for one. But I'm sitting there and I, and I just watch her legs. And her legs are so in shape, you can just see the muscles as she's dancing. You know what I mean? And, and I was like, I would be out of breath by now. 
Um, but it, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of dedication to get all those steps right and to get them. Right. I wonder how many takes they had to do because uh, some of those scenes they were, they, you know, they were in. And it, the scene he's like, "But I'm wearing my tap shoes." <laughs> Remember, he's like, "We got to. We got to wear my tap shoes." You want to dance? Uh, I'm not, I, you know. So uh, I think Danny stills the show. I I I, I laughed couple times i thought he was funny uh just just the way he look he reminds me two laughs up <laughs> yeah he reminds me i don't know if you've ever seen um what's the name rocket man i can't think of the guy's name uh but he reminds me of the guy uh i think he would fit in well today if he was if he was around he'd still be in some comedies today just because the antics that he was doing um ben crosby's great uh white christmas uh sings that song and um the whole thing about, uh, especially I guess people in the military, is that don't forget uh, the ones where you came from. Um, you know, so a lot of those guys, they were talking. If you remember, they were talking that they hadn't seen each other since then, and um, it's a shame that you know somebody that you spend that amount of close time with, you lose contact over the years. And and don't get me wrong, I know that they could be two totally different people from where they were in the army to where they are now, or maybe they don't want um, thing. But I think it's a shame that. Uh, you know, uh, the soldiers that come back and have this PTSD or depression uh, that, that we don't do more for them as a, as a nation. Um, you know, um, I've had friends that I've had to take down to the Veterans Hospital. And just to see the way they're treated and have to wait for hours and hours, uh, something needs to be done about that. Uh, because these are the people that fought for our freedom and are still fighting for our freedom. And I think it says a lot as a nation that we need to take care of these people and help them out. Would you agree? I agree. Okay. Well, I'm just hoping you're still on the same page as me. So I'm still dreaming of a one Christmas. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get it. We're recording this early, and, and I hope we get it. But this is actually Christmas Day, so Merry Christmas uh, from the Tragedy of Cinema podcast. Art, would you like to add anything else? Yeah, Merry Christmas to all, all you down in Australia and <laughs> Spain and you know, and uh, Kentucky and uh, Cloverdale, I, Indiana, and where else? Ain't, where are y'all at? Merry Christmas worldwide. The uh, one of our Australia this was just last night. Uh, I sent a picture of uh, a, a Australian Santa Claus, and he was had a surfboard. He was in his shorts. <laughs> and he had his hat on. So uh, hope they're having a great time down there too. So um, well, with that being said, we're coming to a close. And stay tuned because. This is going to be another episode after this. We and Terrence, since Terrence wasn't on this one, we wanted to do another little special. And the movie we will be doing is none other than the other great Christmas classic, It's a Wonderful Life. So stay tuned for that. It'll be a double episode day on Christmas Day, a little something we could give back to you. So hopefully you're enjoying this uh, 12 Days of Christmas movies. Uh, sad to see it come to a close. But if you like it, maybe we'll do some future episodes, Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, whatever. Um, so with that being said, I think this episode's coming to a close. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And God bless us, everyone. If you remember Terrence on the, on the <laughs> promo, Dad thought it was actually going to be a full-length episode of the 12 Days of Christmas movies. He didn't know what it was. And then he said, oh, it's only a minute and a half. So he was disappointed. So uh, I think that's a wrap on this episode. And cut.
the treetops glisten And children listen To hear in the snow Merry 